Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for incorporating these notes into your notes. This will be a very simplistic overview of Japan. You know, just a quick overview from about 1400 to 1600. Um, we'll call this the Warring States period. There was a breakdown of central authority. Um, you know, there was period wars between lots of different local uh, men vying for power, disputes for power. And then we move into the emergence of the Daimo. And basically, these are men who created new systems of increasing their power, um, really and truly by trial and error. And eventually, they become more and more successful, and they destroy their weaker opponents. Um, <clears throat> one um, in, in the second half of the consolidation of power, um, one of um, one of our more notorious Japanese rulers is a man by the name Odo Nabunyaga. And he um, was from a minor samurai family, but had really incredible military skills. He was innovative, he was ruthless, no surprise attacks. Um, he is also the first, um, one of the first to welcome Jesuit missionaries. And why I mention that is because he is the first samurai to use firearms, which he got um, from the Portuguese missionaries in the 1540s. Um, by 1580, most of Japan was under his control. He died in 1582. And his most talented general was Toyotami Hideshio. And um, he, um, his goal um, was to expand, conquer China, conquer India. Um, he led massive, massive attacks of expansion. And he died in 1598. He tried to make sure before he died that his son would get power. But one of his vassals, um, Tokugawa Aesu, he grew in strength and consolidated his power. And instead of focusing on Japan, he focused it. Sorry, I'm sorry. Instead of focusing on expansion, he focused on Japan. I apologize. And, you know, he, um, Tokugawa Aesu, is considered one of the most significant figures in Japanese history. Very well educated military man. Um, when he was four, he was actually sent as a hostage, four years old, to a neighboring warring state. Um, but what's important about that is he was raised like a noble. He was educated in military as well as, um, you know, academic um, education. Um, he rose in ranks. Um, and when the leader of that warring state died, he allied. And basically, um, you know, that's that's pretty much how he um, claimed success. Um, and so in 1600, he claims supremacy. And 1603, he um, takes on the title shogun. And what we go into is an era called the Tokugawa shogunate, the time under his reign. Um, he did allow for trade with Europe. Um, um, he died in 1616 and um, was deified. Um, under When he was alive, very prosperous, very stable, excellent trade. Um, the um, samurai, those were his warriors. I want you to try and compare um, on your own, and then we can talk about in class, the feudalism in Europe um, in the Middle Ages, right, um, to this kind of feudalistic era in, in Japan. It's really, really quite fascinating. Uh, if you remember, like, the terms chivalrous, like the knights in Europe were very chivalrous. Well, in Japan, the samurais, they followed the warrior um you know, code, which, which is Bushido. And, you know, you'll, you'll find some similarities with, um, European feudalism. Um, obviously if you remember anything about the knights, you remember, you know, they bulky armor and, you know, very heavy metal and 
the samurais were much more light, you know, not heavy garments, much more mobile. Um, in terms of culture, under this Tokugawa time period, um, no dramas were were um, um, very popular. Um, told tales, oral stories about Japanese traditions and histories, and um, haiku. I'm sure you've read them in English or written some. And then also sushi became. Um, it was kind of like a street vendor food, uh, you know, just a little piece, you know, little piece of rice with, uh, or not piece of rice, but, you know, padded rice with, you know, a slab of, of fish on top. And of course, if, if you enjoy sushi today, you know, now you know it, it, it became a big deal during this time. Thank you so much, and I'll see you soon.